people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the podcast now i wish i did this on wednesday to be honest with you because obviously i'm sure you've seen the champions league i'm sure you see what happened last week i know you're looking forward to the premier league and i know you saw both united and arsenal drop three points in the europa league now arsenal will probably go through while it's not confirmed mathematically united i believe pardon me it's early sorry for yawning are through early people are through already people sorry so it's not that deep but still it, it just highlights how not only have how far both teams have fallen but also how both managers don't have the credentials for the job yeah in this occasion it was different Oli took the kids out there including their youngest academy prospect jesse lingard who's been like a 16 year old wonder kid for a thousand years um, we named a very strong side, not our strongest side necessarily, because Pepe and Aubameyang, Pepe and Laka and players like that were not in, were not involved people. Um, so yeah, Emery still lost. This is um seventh game without a win. It's our worst Arsenal's worst run since nineteen ninety two in terms of the Europa League. Um, but yeah, what what more? What more realistically can I say, people? Uno Emre needs to step down. Like, he needs to do the right thing. Is he going to forfeit his pay packet? No. This is where we now need to look at the board because they keep allowing this man to sleepwalk us into the abyss and, and, and make further damage at this club without any real impact or really getting involved or really, really trying to stop the madness which is going on right now, people, in, in, my, in my opinion. Um... It's been coming. These signs have been there, whether we've won, lost or drawn. And like I said, the more this goes on and the more the, the board fails to nip this one there in the bud, people, the more we're going to struggle as a team. Emre has shown he has not got the credentials to move this team on. He's not strong enough in his principles. Um, he doesn't know if we want to defend, if we want to attack, if we want to be strong in the midfield. His post-game his post-game comments even more are very frustrating people because they're just quite simply baffling. And how I've woken up this Friday morning and he's still in the, the position and I st I assume he's going to be leading training either today or tomorrow in the build-up to the Norwich game is beyond me. He is flattered to deceive. He has simply just done lip service and it's not on anymore. It's no surprise why players are probably becoming disillusioned with the tactics and are no longer receptive. His own coaching staff have to have doubts. People behind the scenes have to have doubts. The most important thing is the people in the high, in the in the top positions. Do they have doubts? You look at reports, and we might as well go through several of them. Um, apparently, Loren Julian Laurent's um, coming out of France. People, he said, Emery's team selections have surprised players and staff as well as coach, as well as his coaching. Freddie Lombard is a favourite to take over on an interim basis. Arsenal would then would then start the recruitment process to recruit a new manager um so that's just one of the many of the many comments people um carrying on from that there is a growing growing feeling at arsenal that any sort of change would help to lift morale and offer a jilt to improve performances beyond hopes of a top four finish recede further well people i get that it does just because we get rid of emre and i'm not defending him he needs to go but just because we get rid of emre similar to many people thought it with wenger does not mean our season is just going to start flying and start start popping off and a bunch of things are going to happen for us. It doesn't work like that. Football doesn't work like that. What could happen for us, and which would be extremely beneficial, is you see a reaction. How many times 
I seen it with Leicester when Claude Powell left. I seen it Chelsea under Jose in his second spell, and there's been many examples. How many times does one manager manage one week, one team one week, and then the same team is managed by another gaffer? But it's almost like they're two different teams. Um, potentially, if you get someone that the players can buy into, they could become a siege mentality, and we could get some consistency. Personally, I think the season's a write-off, regardless. But there is that. Obviously, people are playing for places. Players are going to have more morale because some players that didn't like Emre or didn't believe in his tactics are now free. Some players that didn't necessarily get a look in might get a look in. Certain players that were regulars on Emre might not get a look in. Do you get it, people? So there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said in relation to that. Um, if nothing more, if we can get someone in now, perfect. But if we could give it to Lundberg, who can be in temporary charge, I believe he's got issues with his pro license. While you conduct the process of finding someone that aligns more with our principles as a club and what we would like to do, and is also stronger in their own um, principles. Emre's failed to adapt to the league. He's failed to adapt to the English dynamic of football. He's failed to review his own um, his own strategies. He's failed to deploy any real bravery, any real tactics it's all reactionary he is an a re he is a reactionary coach he's not a pro proactive coach and you saw it last last night how many times are teams losing but they're the ones making the changes and he's also i don't know what he says at half time or what happens at half time but it, it shows me he's unable the players are unable to focus anyways and they're playing a bit abysmal but he's failed to improve their concentration levels because we can see cheap goals we do not the same steam steam we had in the first half against Frankfurt did not did not come out in the second half, and that can be said for how many games. I remember when it was a bit of a flip; it was flipped on its head. Do you remember last season we started poorly in the first half, second half came and we changed it around. This year we've been poor in all halves, but if you could say anything, like last night we was good in the first half by relative standards because Frankfurt were atrocious, um, and 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 just completely went to went down went down the went down the toilet in the second half and Emre that shows me that they're not listening to his tactics he's not motivating them he doesn't galvanize them he doesn't know what he wants to do the only thing i don't have a problem with with Emre in relation to yesterday people is actually playing David Luiz in a defensive mid role or in, in the midfield role we've all been advocating for that Stevie Wonder could see that that could be a thing for us and he finally ran with it he named the strong lineup because he needed to get a win to get some people, if anything, off his back. But he failed to do that. And again, teams are having teams are still having fight in the game. We're still unable to kill teams. Emre's the more Emre is at this club, the more damage he will do. He has been doing damage since the man walked into the team. People, um, I mean, you look at it today. We managed eleven shots at home. A few days after all, we having twelve against Southampton. We had just three in the second half. And two of those were blocked attempts weak at that. Our last shot came our last shot um came really. Our last true quality effort came in the forty eighth minute. Now, what was that? That was probably Joe Willock's chance where he should have scored it. No disrespect to him because he played very well. But what does that tell you, people? Our players are unable our players have a lot of criticisms, but underlining is the manager the same energy last season. Oh, Emre's changed us, we're different, we're this, we're that, we're the third. Same energy needs to be used to get this man out of the club because he's been fraudulent. He's been fraudulent. He's fraudulent. Like like I said, lip service. Like I said, we've all been to interviews where we've gassed it, people. We've all said we can do things we can't do. I always say that. How many times you thought you can use Excel expertly and then you act surprised when they ask you to use pardon me, to use Excel. That's what Emre's on. Emre I clearly I, he must have took that presentation when he came Arsenal from from our next manager because he's the furthest thing away from it because if Arsenal looked at his his shots conceded um, towards the end of his time at Seville, 
they looked at his away record two areas defend that apply to defending and 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 if not defending where we struggle that should have set off alarm bells like yo this man isn't it we just looked at the europa league i, I said it in a video next manager go out and do your due diligence research but as well as looking at their successes people we need to look at their failures it's that simple go and look at their failures what do their failures tell us what do we learn about these managers when they have faced adversity because it's all good it was all it's all good looking at what they do well but what did they do wrong what exactly are we getting and as much as emery is to blame people apologies for moving the table as much as emery is to blame people and i feel he should suffer criticisms we've got to be looking at the board because <coughs> apologies people we was calling <coughs> we was calling raul raul sanye don raul and this and that same energy because not only are they allowing this one thing I like about Raul Sanya is that if he if we can marry scouting first and foremost and scouting players with obviously being able to utilize his contact book of agents, I would ha I was gonna ask thought that could have been like a great thing for Arsenal, but I'm starting to question him now. I don't know anything, of course, in regards to the backroom, but I'm starting to question him because he is not acting. He's the one that you hear coming out of the club that he's protecting Emre and he likes Emre. You want he, he's still defending Emre um, to do well as Arsenal manager. Um, and the players and, and managers we keep getting linked with, they're nothing but paper talk most time. But is he just going to keep bringing his, his is he just going to keep using his relationship with agents to get people in rather than doing real due diligence, people? Because you look at Nuno, I'm not saying Nuno would be a good manager or a bad fit, but look at his agent again, they're always going to be linked with us because of the agent and the ties with Arsenal. But if he really is just utilizing his contacts, is he really as good of a whatever he does specifically word for word well at Arsenal as he is? We need to start looking at people. How how Emre is going to be allowed to take the Norwich game is beyond me, people. I really don't understand it because like regardless of if he win loses or draws there, who is gonna who is like what what is gonna change people and and added to that added to that like he lost last week he lost he lost yesterday some players might be buzzing if you sack Emery now and you go and play and they hear that um, a new manager's coming in or number of temporary charge of Norwich away they might be buzzing you might see a spring in their steps people these players are down these players don't know what to do the players have a lot of criticism they have it don't let this for, for as poor as Emery is don't let these players get away with it because I do think certain players are hiding behind stuff like you saw with Wenger certain players hid behind Wenger certain players hid behind the poor form and when I'm seeing, I'm not accusing players, but when things aren't going well, I'm seeing players not really what, looking like they want to come off. Looks like they like the injury is an injury, but it's not the worst. They're not putting their bodies, and I, it's not me. It's, I, it's it's not me to tell you this, but they're not putting their bodies on the line, people. And people are getting, and people are cowarding away, and a lot of it is on Emery. Like he's failed to do this. You hear apparently, um, in relation to the Emery game, senior figures at Arsenal are reviewing the position of Emery, and he could be sat before before Sunday's game people you also hear we're having an emergency meeting in the morning with Arsenal's board and I assume Una Emery if it is not to sack him or hand his P45 and then what is are you telling me that you haven't had this same conversation last week or the week before with Emery in relation to this poor form what are you going to sit him down and say this week that's going to change things oh it's a must win if you're not going to sack him there's no point meeting him like what is the point people really and truly what's the point it doesn't make sense the board needs to stop just meeting for the sake of it and make a decision, people. Apparently, Lomberg is on standby. Not only have we failed to, um, not only people have we failed to um, win in seven games. And obviously, you see, I've just spoken about our shots ratio. It's, it's 
is it's well documented that we barely shoot like you see in a lot of games highlighted with Southampton more and we're conceding record shots people um and we've also failed to win in seven but holding leads and seeing games out that ties into game management so let's not get into the micro let's focus on what is game management people Emery has even failed to do that he's even failed to do that because if you look at it um if you look at it we've led in five of our last seven games people and the one consistency has been that we failed none the only i mean we've won none the only con the only consistency Emery describes or displays better yet wrong, wrong word is inconsistency inconsistent tactics the players clearly look bewildered one minute is five at the back then it's four then two strikers are playing then one striker then they're being made to sit and then told to press like nobody's listening to Emre's hand signals Emre has not improved a single fragment of this club or showed a willingness that or, or showed it evidently that he's working on that very quickly played made playing out from the back a thing at this club so let's not let's let's quickly quash this whole the players don't understand this tactics and that's why I couldn't understand he needs time. Of course he needed time at the club at the time to, to, to get to you know to kind of do his thing. But I said it then and I said now you quickly you shown you can communicate somewhat to them because we the minute he is here playing out from the back became a thing and you could argue that out of all of his systems or everything he's done at this club the one thing these players know is playing out from the back because like you saw yesterday or like you've seen we've seen him rotate and different members. Yeah, it was Martinez instead of Leno today. Um, but nine times out of ten, it's a different team. But the people still are under understanding what they need to do in that phase of play when the keeper receives the ball. So that shows me you haven't instilled anything beyond that into the team. That shows me you are able to communicate things, but you're just choosing not to. I said it in pre-season. Where is the defensive structure? This is why not to question Arsenal fans, but I genuinely thought people lost their marbles when they were sitting here and screaming, wait till he gets holding. Bellerin and Tierney. I'm not. You're not wrong. They're better players than some of these men, and they, in theory, better players make us play better. But at the same time, we never saw a system to suggest it is as white and black as that. This guy has got a 72, 70 odd million pound pecking that the club clearly were, were scouting and whatnot. How is he going to utilize him? He's only started the three bad boys up front, Aubameyang and Laka, in addition to Pepe, twice this season. So he's not. He clearly doesn't believe in playing all three of them, or he cannot find balance. He cannot find balance anywhere. We shouldn't be taught the very fact that he is struggling with these attackers. People is ridiculous. Like he's underselling everyone. Defense, we do need some major additions, but he's underselling the whole team. People, he can't even. It's not even a thing where we're criticizing our defending, but we're outscoring teams. We're not even outscoring teams. How many times when we have scored recently? Is it dead set pieces and things? Emre is not the man for this role. Emery is a top 10 manager in the Premier League. There's no disrespect to the team below us if he found a way to be below Arsenal. In fact, I'm starting to believe he's not that. Uh, like he's, he's not that. People focused on the Europa Leagues and whatnot, and I hear that. But does he look like an Emery that's going to get Europa League here? It's a myth, people. And if we, the club, do not sack him, then it's time to forget getting an Emery and get at the board now because the season's a write-off. If nothing more, it's about morale now. It's a damage limitation. Lacar, Bamian, Pereira, all these men are gone in my opinion. But it's about getting someone in that they can believe in. And, and they might, even if there's a smidge of hope that these men will stay at the club, we need to take that, people. Because it's damage limitation. We've lost several players, but it's like, what else are we going to lose now? What further damage? I told you in one vid, we need about a plan Z now. Because if our key players leave, in true Arsenal fashion, yet again, we're going to have to rebuild the team, people. And if Aubameyang lack of goals, that's your goals gone out of the team. You've got young Martinelli, Saka, Joe. You need someone who can coach these lads. 
Look at Joe Willett yesterday. Bad boy. Had, didn't have a good a better second half as he did in the first. But you see his runs in midfield. You see the players he's becoming. We need to look at what specific midfield are we going to develop into, him into in terms of a role. Is he box to box? Is he a cam? Is he whatever? Then we can, once he's locked that down, then you can look to, to do multiple roles. And it's not just Joe, it's about Saka in that. We can't just look at these young players and be freestyling. We need on a board somewhere what we want these players to come to come tomorrow. And then we've got to w w work towards exactly that. Emery, like I said, man, led in five of his last seven games, hasn't won in the last seven, people. Um, last uh, The winner in Frankfurt's goal, and shout out to that young Japanese lad with his two goals. He looks decent. But that was the hundredth goal Arsenal have conceded under Emery. Hopefully, it's the last people. Um, we somehow managed to lose to a team who only had one shot in the first half, um, which is which is crazy. People <laughs> like it is a mad thing. People, only two teams in the Premier League people have allowed more shots than Arsenal. One of those is Norwich. So maybe on the weekend there could be a crap load of goals. People, you never know. Um, it, it could it could be it could be crazy. Um, Emre himself has said, "I'm thinking about about next match Norwich. We improved today, but it wasn't enough." How Emery can say we improved, I don't know, people. And this is coming from a man called Deluded. I think he should take that title. He is the one deluded Gunnar at this moment in time because I'm sure everybody is equally as baffled as me on this one because we were going for this man. He's always... This, he, we, one thing he actually got praised for, myself included, is that he kind of called a spade a spade initially. And this shows that he's feeling the pressure because he's still trying to say he played well. Why are you saying you played well? Do you genuinely believe that in which you're not the smartest of lads and you're, regardless of your managerial post? What I believe is that he's lost these players and think about it. If you, if you protect them in the public and somewhat um, get onto them in the private, it's, it's a better thing. And that shows me if he says we're playing better in the public, he's trying to keep some players on side. Look at him. He's bringing on Medoza. This guy was completely ostracising Medoza. Now he's bringing him on and he'll probably start in the, in the week. I mean, in, on, on Sunday. He doesn't know what he wants to do, people. Look at what he said. We lost control of the game in 15 minutes and they achieved the result in, in that period. I am being positive, but above all realistic. We lost a very good opportunity um, to win the game tonight, but we improved from the last match here. Now, is that really a, a, a thing to be to be excited about? You improved on our last on our last performance, which is ridiculous. Let's actually look at his transcript, people, if we can find it. Here it is. Now, obviously, I'm not too sure on Hector Bellerin, who didn't play his injury status, David Luiz's, and um, somebody else got injured, Mustafi as well, and Xhaka um, had a little mild knock. Um, so, regardless of if you rate these players or not, Sunday will be a bit, bit of an interesting one in regards to if we have players available in any capacity, because Mustafi probably won't play in, uh, start in the league, but um, he might be on the bench. And to be fair with you, I don't think Mustafi should be at the club, but because of how we've been playing in defence and... The rare opportunity he's got, he's done all right. And I mean, Mustafi will always be Mustafi and let you down in big games like shown away at Anfield when we played their kids. But yeah, man, places are earned on merit. People aren't really deserving it. So why he wouldn't play for me under any circumstances, really, it is hard to deny him getting an opportunity. Um, and it kind of shows that Emery's, Emery's failing because he said he's not using Mustafi. He's now using him and saying he'll play if he, if he continues to do well. And he's also said, what else has he said? Obviously, the Medo Ozil thing, he, he doesn't know, man. And the players don't believe him, man, because there can't be too much of this noise with people not being happy without there being legs to it, people. Um, looking at Emery's comments in relation to the defeat, 
good evening. I think we deserved more. No, we didn't deserve more because first thing, I have to stop this guy before I carry on. We did not deserve more in this game because we did not smell blood and kill off the game in the first half. And we conceded two cheap goals. We what? The two goals they conceded, we, we conceded from them was about what? Five to seven minutes of each other. So what is said then? We got shell-shocked, we're unable to manage a game. Also, what is said at half-time, like I've already alluded to people, do I really need to go on about that anymore? Um, he said, I think we deserved more. We controlled the game in the first half. We scored one goal in the first half. We were happy for how we took the performance as a team and also individually. In the second half, we started the same. No, we didn't. Literally, the first minute, fair enough, Joe had a chance. But no, we didn't. We conceded 10 minutes within the first half. So what is said at half-time? The players need to take responsibility, but you're lying now, man. And this is what's frustrating because um, you're chatting nonsense. Um, yeah, he said we needed to score a goal, but we lost control of the game after the 15 minutes and they scored two goals. At the end, we could we changed two players for injuries and couldn't do and couldn't do some more offensive changes to achieve and to take players. We didn't push. We didn't really take the chances to draw a win this match. Now, we didn't push. We didn't. We didn't. We just didn't. Build on our early wi our, our early domination. They looked like a pub side in the first half. We didn't build on it. The same themes, not smelling blood, giving teams some hope going into half time, and that it's only one nil coming out. They were pro. At the ma their manager made two substitutions, which, as well as them turning it around, was fundamental. So shout out to their manager for what they did. That manager was proactive. He was reactive. You're talking about attacking subs. Yeah, the injuries forced your hands, and no disrespect to Torreira, but why is Torreira coming on? Fair enough, for whatever reason, but why is Torreira coming on? Why is Torreira, you, you barely play Pepe, Pepe is there, allegedly your job is on the line if you don't necessarily win this, not not, not if you not win this, but because of how we've been playing, and you're bringing on them. You had one more substitution, you bottled the opportunity to play Lacazette and Pepe. Now, if we do not win against Norwich, for whatever reason, in fact, it would probably be the last comment to make because we believe we should go already, but if we do not win against Norwich, people, obviously we're going to look at why are you resting players? And whatnot. On 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 motivational motivation for the players, he said we need to win and we need to win playing well and take confidence. And we did that in the first half. I think we were in we were in the first half in the dressing room speaking about being consistent in the second half. We started the game pushing and started the game being consistent. And I think we did that in the first five or ten minutes, taking the chance to score. I mean, I'm not going to read any more about that. Into, in relation to that people because then okay I've just been saying what did you say in the, at, at half time if you said something and the message weren't received then you're not able to communicate to these players anymore which means you have lost them what more is there really to say people um, in relation to turning it around he said now our moment is not good we need to win and we need to gain confidence I think we are better than we are showing it's the one thing we can we can talk about everybody the players the coaches and me now we lost some confidence and we really need to win really the response in the first half was good and we started well again in the second half we had two injuries with mustafi and louise and in that moment was important because when you lose when you're losing you need some fresh players offensively to change that and give more options we couldn't do that um you bottled it as much as these dynamics might there might be truth Relation to his job, he said, I'm thinking first about analysing the game over 90 minutes. Today we improved some things, but it wasn't enough. We did not improve anything, people. What kind of ass is this? We didn't improve. What? Because we because they were poor and we was dominating and, and Martinez had nothing to do and we didn't take the opportunities and, uh, other than Aubameyang finally striking. We was better. We was We improved. Give me a break. 
that you need to you need to have courage you need to be honest be honest and you need to be brave enough in decisions these are three sort of principles i don't find when i look at you know endgame's the furthest thing from and i'm trying to be respectful in fact i am being respectful but the truth hurts um in relation to his job um being on the line in, on, on regards to sunday um my job is to first analyze the match in 90 minutes and analyze how we are in the real league and also we are also in our feelings and then prepare for the match on sunday well to be honest yeah we're in our feelings but again players and emery can't feel sorry for themselves emery needs to go but these players if you not want you don't need to play for yourselves now forget that as much as it hurts me to say forget the badge forget the manager i don't see a lot of you lot playing for yourselves if you really want to move on from arsenal then the best thing is to play well so teams think hey yo he shouldn't be playing with these crap players. Let's bring him into our team. Or if you want to prove that you can do your thing here and you don't like the comments coming out from the fans, the media, and all of these people um, and whatnot, you need to Im you need to improve people. I'm not even going to read the rest, people. Um, obviously, he, he's spoken about Xhaka. Obviously, Xhaka played and whatnot. Um, he, he was asked if he accepts or identifies mistakes made by himself in recent results. He said, yes, I can understand the criticism about the team. And about me, we are not in a good moment. And also, as coach, I've had that moment in my career. So Emery, and there are other comments. I do get the feeling that Emery is a bit deluded. He does bring out poor examples and and things like that, and it just doesn't sound right, people. Moving on, I say the Jacko thing. Uh, hopefully, it's put to bed. Whether you think Jacko should ever play for this club again is another thing. Um, and I do think that was apart from starting Louise. I think that was a smart thing he did because obviously Frankfurt. Fans were barely there, meaning Arsenal fans couldn't like capitalize and get more tickets because the ticket exchange was closed. Um, Emre, um, Jaka, I don't know if he got any booze, but from what I saw on the TV, people, it looked like a okay reception. He when he looked like he was coming off injured, he got a little clap from the fans. Looked like the fans got over it. Some fans weren't clapping, and there's still gonna be bad blood. Then don't get me wrong, the context and the dynamics of playing Frankfurt in these conditions is different from playing Manchester City at home in the Emirates to get it there'd be a different it would be made more of a talking point and whatnot so he's been eased in will he start against norwich i'm not sure um i don't know if he has any ring rust because i know he played for switzerland in the break but he did look like he was clutching his hammy at times um so uh, it's up to emory emory will probably play jacob but emory's got a emory is not playing like his life's on the line this tells me that these talks and all these things that we're hearing is said is ineffective because he's not managing the team like his life's on the line. He's managing it like he always manages us in his defeat. Like he knows he's got that one life coming and that's got to come from somewhere. That subconscious cons um, con um, confidence, sorry, has to come from somewhere. Is that Raul Sanye? Is it Edu? Who is it? Josh? We need to start looking at everyone because we know the Cronkies don't want to be winners. So we're pissed already as a football club. Raul Sanye talked a good game and I don't want to flip-flop on him because truly we don't know what he does and doesn't do specifically. We know what we're told. Um, we see a manager being allowed to fail. We hear language that you specifically are the one defending him. So it's, you know, I'm starting to look at Emre. He's been allowed to do his madness, but who is giving him this opportunity? I've got to look at no one other than our friend Raul Sanye, people. It's not on. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. And Arsenal are going to sleepwalk further into the abyss people it's not going to get any better it is that simple moving on we might as well speak about the premier league people um might as well speak about arsenal versus norwich obviously we've won just one of our last 14 top flight away games against norwich people which means we've won five and we've drawn eight we lost we lost um 
1 0 in 2012. Since beating Manchester City 3 2 in September, Norwich have lost three, their last three home games by an aggregate scoreline of 2 10. So there could be a lot of goal scorers. Arsenal are winless in their last five Premier League games. Um, we last went six without a win in the competition between April and 2011. Arsenal have obviously lost their two promoted their last two away games against promoted sides, Wolves and Sheffield United. Only three sides, Norwich three and Watford four, have conceded fewer away goals than Arsenal in the Premier League this season. We're also without a goal in our last 212 minutes away from home, having only five shots. So that shows you we are very cowardly away from home people um which um that shows you we are ca very cowardly away from home in 50 in 51 premier league games under emre we have faced seven we've say 717 shots um 717 shots which is eight 88 shots more than they've had themselves which was 629 in wenger's last such game um we outshot our opponents by 174 um I mean, 177. Um, so, yeah. Mesut Ozil might be the one to have something to say in the game, people, because he scored his first ever Premier League goal against Norwich. Um, Emelio Buendia um, has created more chances, 28, and provided more assists for in the Premier League than any other Norwich player. Now, he looks decent, and he does give the ball away a lot, but he looks like someone that, regardless of Norwich, he could get a potential move, people. Um Aubameyang has scored 80% of Arsenal's away games, people, and he's also netted in eight in his last 12 against promoted sides. So similar to Aubameyang, like his scoring against Frankfurt, that could be a game for him, people. Southampton versus Watford, two teams that took points of us. Southampton, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if Southampton went on to win this game or actually lose like they have been doing apart from Arsenal. You hear their manager rallying the troops and having battle cries and whatnot, people. And you don't necessarily see that at Arsenal um, at all, um, which is quite great. Which is quite crazy. Um, you like you heard them. They put in a good performance against us, despite being a team that barely shoots or concedes a lot of goals. They put in a bullish performance, and they're almost rallying the troops and talking about almost of a sense of our season starts now, sort of thing, people. Um, which is great. But um, for us, um, for, for Southampton, they're winless in their last three home games with, against Watford. Um, their last their last three Premier League meetings with between the two sides have finished level with Watford actually coming from behind to claw a drawback. Um, just one of Southampton's nine Premier League points this season has been won in home games. Um, in um, what else is there to say? Watford are looking to win their f um, to win consecutive away games for the first time since their opening three on the road in the 17-18 season. Similar to Arsenal, Watford just simply don't shoot or convert chances. Watford have a shot conversion rate of just 4.8% in the Premier League, netting only 8 of 166 attempts, people. Southampton are also without a win in the Premier League. I mean, a clean sheet in the Premier League within 8 games. Um, so, yeah. Danny Ings has scored 46% of Southampton's goals this season in the Premier League, for anyone who wants to know that. Now, Southampton... <coughs> Southampton's coast rivals, Bournemouth, will travel to Spurs under Jose Mourinho in his second Premier League game. Now, Spurs came from behind to beat Olympiacos in the week. They won 3-2 last week against West Ham. So, it's happy days of sorts for Spurs fans and people alike. Pardon me, people. 
Spurs have won all four of their Premier League home games against Bournemouth people, who Bournemouth lost last week, forgive me if I'm wrong, against Wolves, courtesy of a lovely free kick from Martinho. So they're going to be itching to put in a good result. And you've got to be careful of playing teams like this. We know Eddie Howe's play exciting football. I think Spurs will win, but people expect Bournemouth to lose. Obviously, Jose's just come into the team. There's probably teething issues. And obviously, I think Spurs were good against West Ham, but they conceded two cheap goals. They made a meal of things in the, against Olympiacos in the week. So, Bournemouth should be looking at these things to have to, 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 to kind of poke holes at their armoury and have some sort of positive chances of a result against there. Um, like I said, they've won all four of their Premier League home, home games against Bournemouth, winning basically an aggregate scoreline of 13-0, which shows Spurs' dominance. Bournemouth have just won one of their eight Premier League meetings with Spurs, which came in May, courtesy of Ake's 90th minute winner. Um, Spurs are looking to secure back-to-back Premier League wins for the first time this season. The last time they did that was in April. Spurs, as poor as Arsenal's defence is, they've kept fewer clean sheets than any other side this season. Um, so, yeah, people, um, they've only kept one, and that came against Palace in September. Um, the last time they kept just one clean sheet in 13 opening games was under was at that period under Andre Villas-Boas. Bournemouth have lost their last two Premier League games with the Cherries last losing three in a row back in 2018 of last year. Spurs have faced seven have faced 76 shots on target in the Premier League this season with only Norwich and West Ham facing more. Um, Spurs' record of facing 5.8 shots on target per game is, is their highest in the Premier League campaign since um, the 0 2 um, season. Eight of... Of Bournemouth's 16 Premier League goals this season have come from set pieces, so that might be something for Jose Mourinho and Tottenham to consider. Harry Kane has scored seven in his in his six Premier League meetings against Bournemouth. Six of those strikes coming in his first three meetings against them. It will obviously be Jose Mourinho's um, first home match in the league um, for Spurs, so I'm sure he'd want to start that in a win as a win. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Liverpool, who I mean, whether you say VAR, whether you say it was grinding, got a result against um, Palace last week. And Liverpool are getting results, people. Obviously, I think Liverpool are on their worst, actual worst, in terms of goals conceded they're on, and lack of clean sheets. It's their worst run in 21 years. And they are facing record shots and whatnot. In, in fact, if you give me a second, I can actually pull up the info for you guys, people. Um One second as I go all the, scroll all the way up, because I was meant to speak about this. Um, we've over Liverpool, for instance, have played 22 games in all competitions this season and have only kept three clean sheets. People, Allison's had injuries, but he kept 27 clean sheets last season. He hasn't kept one this season. Um, none of the clean sheets have actually come at Anfield as well. People, um, where um, where in all 10 fixtures, both teams to score um, uh, both teams to score bets paid out. So on one hand, they're grinding, but I think Liverpool improved defensively last season and they're still doing their thing. And at the end of the day, they're top of the table. But is that something for Liverpool to potentially consider? Um, who knows? Um, so, yeah, Liverpool um, have won their last seven meetings against Brighton in all comp, scoring 22 and only conceding five. Brighton have lost eight of their last ten away league games against Liverpool, winning one and drawing one. Their last victory came in 1982. Liverpool are a dominant side. As you know, they're unbeaten in 30 Premier League games, drawing only five and winning 25 of them people, which is ridiculous. They've won their last 13 Premier League home games. Um, 
Brighton are obviously winless in five Premier League away games since their victory over Watford. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a crazy game. And Mane's got a good record against Palace, as he's shown last week. But he's also got a good record against Brighton. Um, he scored 17 goals um, 17 goals in his last 16 Premier League games at Anfield. Sorry, people, it's not a good record against Brighton. I don't know why I thought he had a good record against Brighton. He just knows how to score at home. Um, so, yeah... Moving forward, you've got, which is an, always a tasty London derby, you've got West Ham versus Chelsea now. Chelsea are unbeaten in their last 13 home Premier League meetings with West Ham people. West Ham have won just one of their last seven meetings against Chelsea. Um, Chelsea have failed to win any of their, well sorry, Chelsea haven't failed to win any of their first Premier League home games this season. They've won each of their last three um, at, at the bridge without conceding. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Obviously, West Ham are winless in their last seven Premier League games. And there's a lot of pressure on Pellegrini. So we'll see how he does. Burnley against Palace. Now, Burnley won 3-0 last week. And they should be full of confidence. Palace should want to get their season back on track after a negative. But certain positives can be taken um, in their, their defeat um, at home to Liverpool. Burnley have lost just two of their last 11 games, for instance, against Palace people. So we'll see how that one is. Um, by that same logic, Palace have only has Palace have won their last three meetings between the two sides. People, Palace are winless in their last five Premier League games. People, um, and they've but however, Palace have won five of their last six Premier League games played outside of London. Um, Newcastle versus Manchester City, very much damage limitation for Newcastle and their players. Um, you never know what could happen, people. Um, Newcastle are looking to secure back-to-back -back Premier League victories over Manchester City for the first time since 03 people, which you never know. Man City have found the net in each of their last 21 games. Newcastle are unbeaten in five league games since obviously losing to Ars Arsenal on the opening weekend. City have scored at least once in each of their 17 last away games. You just can't stop City from um, scoring. But equally, they've conceded the first goal in each of their last three Premier League games. So there could be worrying signs defensively beyond the obvious injuries at City also. Um, Sergio Aguero might be injured, but he has scored 15 goals in 13 appearances against Newcastle. Which means he's scored more than any, more than any other player has scored for an opponent against a singular club in the competition's history. Um, so we'll see how that one develops, people. Villa versus United. John McGinn will probably be looked at because I'm sure he's going to probably join United or definitely a bigger club. He's always linked with them. Now, United, they drew last week. They came from behind but drew, but they have lost just one of their t last 21 home league games against Aston Villa. Um, so, yeah, Man United have won 34 Premier League games against Villa. Um, the last time United lost that lost the league game at home against a promoted side um, was against Cardiff in 2018, people. 19. United have dropped 10 points from winning positions in the Premier League this season, just one fewer than they dropped in the whole of 2018-19, which could show their issues, people. Villa have lost 12 of their 13 Premier League away games against the six ever-present sides. Both Villa and United have conceded a joint league low um, four first-half goals. Um, Manchester United at 25 years of age and 80 days has the youngest average starting 11 in the Premier League this history this in this in the in Premier League history this season um, with seven goals and four assists Rashford has been directly involved in 58 percent 
of United's 19 Premier League goals this season also people Leicester versus Everton simply put um, as, as we already know people Marco Silva shouldn't be in a job and if he loses he hasn't got one Leicester there's not even any point to speak statistically about stats with Leicester we all know how good they're doing and have been doing and how strong they look in relation to the top four push so we'll see that Wolves versus Sheffield United two sides that fight to the very end we'll see how this one goes the last time these two sides faced each other in the top flight was 1975-76. Sheffield have won just one of their last seven league meetings against Wolves. Um, Wolves are unbeaten in their last eight Premier League games, people. Um, only Liverpool's 22 have scored, have scored in more consecutive Premier League games than Wolves, which is 12. So that's not the worst of records, people. So we'll see what happens. I don't really want to talk about the Champions League in depth, people, but... Um, I did catch the PSG United game and PSG Madrid game. That was very good, in my opinion. Barcelona Dortmund was good. Um, seeing Jaden Sanjo make his manager eat humble pie after saying he's not focused. <clears throat> then he came on and scored. It was a very decent, a very decent clash between the sides, people. And I think the Champions League football was good. Haven't seen the Europa League highlights. I'm not going to lie to you, and I will get round to that. But there's not much more to say, people. So on that note, I'm going to go and get a shower. And by the time I come out of the shower, I hope Una Emery is no longer Arsenal manager. On that note, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Deluded Podcast. However, it's time for your host to keep it moving. People, DG, I'm out. Thank you. <laughs>